0: Show number eight of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. This is LT Lena Taylor. And this is JK Jungle Kitty. And welcome to our podcast Look Look at at His his Butt! butt. I can't believe it's show eight. Time flies. On the internet, time flies. On the internet, time flies when you're thinking about William Shatner's butt. Yeah. Welcome to our show. I was thinking about William Shatner's butt, and I woke up and I was fifty. <laughs> are, are we recording right now? We are. Oh. <laughs> this is the beginning of the show. I thought it was just you and me. The show is. Just I'm just not fifty. Me <laughs> I made that up. Okay. We have a bunch of stuff we want to talk about, <laughs> as usual. Okay, number, they all say number one. That's because they're all in the first part of the show. Oh, oh I thought that meant the order that they were going to be.
1: No, no, no.
0: Okay. Pick one. Okay,
1: uh, last show we talked about the gender-reversed MUDS women that we saw in San Francisco. Which was the best thing ever. Which was fantastic. And... Later, did a little more research and just wanted to share it with you. We gave a glowing review to Lee Crow, who played Captain Kirk. It thought was she was awesome. wonderful. And I googled her, and she had told us, you know, that she has been an Elvis impersonator. But I googled her; she didn't tell us she is the Elvis impersonator. Yes. Lee Crow is the creator of the character you may have heard of, Elvis Herselvis, the premier female. Yeah. Elvis impersonator. And she doesn't do it anymore. She says Elvis herself has left the building. Really? But wow. so there I was, you know, chatting away with this person. Person who is well known within the uh, the drag performer yeah. and Elvis impersonator world. Well, in and in not San Francisco. not licking her boots or anything, because I didn't know. No. So I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't know that about her. But she was fantastic. She
0: was great. You know, she used to do Elvis herself a lot. It was mm-hmm. not just at drag events. I remember seeing her listed as that character at many events um, in San Francisco, yep. just like around the holidays and when there were special events. She was always one of the featured performers. Right. So right. That is so cool. Yeah, and she she sings with uh, various bands, and
1: so we just want to update everybody on that, that this is a a woman of many
0: gifts. And we hope very much to have an interview with her before they do the next run of Muds Women. Yes. So we can talk to her and find out all about her, because I'm sure she's never been interviewed, A, on a podcast, (laughs) and B, by some Star Trek fanatics, and C... And
1: she is a Star Trek fanatic, because remember at intermission, if you go at intermission, you get to play
0: Stump the Captain, and she... Um, it has a, a huge uh, volume of Star Trek knowledge. Yeah. And see, I can virtually guarantee that she's never been on any sort of broadcast show called Look at His Butt. Probably not. Yeah. I don't think there are many shows <laughs> called Look at His Butt. I hope not. Just us. I hope not. Okay. Okay. That was good. Okay. Um, next item. We're like newscasters now. We should have little index cards or teleprompters. We're, we're like ditzy newscasters. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of our charm. <laughs> and hotness. Chairman hotness. Okay, so um, we, we have several items that came to us courtesy of Trek Today, by the way, which is um, the source for much Trek information. It's updated, like, every minute, basically. And anybody who has ever guest starred in Star Trek, anything they ever
1: do now gets a listing at Trek Today. Yeah. So, you know, the red shirt number three who died in episode 72. It's all there. You know, is, uh, is appearing in... A dinner theater, and it's listed. So.
0: <laughs> so there were a couple things that we thought were really interesting. One was a, let's see, this little news release was from a couple of weeks ago, and it was about uh, David Gerald, who was a writer. He wrote the Trouble with Tribbles episode. Um, he helped with a couple of other TOS episodes. He was a story editor on TNG and actually had some fairly bad experiences on TNG because of it and wrote some episodes Um, and has been involved with Trek in many different ways for a long time. After TOS went off the air, he wrote two very interesting books about it. One of them was called Excuse me, The Trouble with Tribbles, which was really a behind-the-scenes account of, of how he came to write that episode. And it was sort of a biography of him and some reflections that he had about fandom in the show. And it's a really wonderfully well-written book. He's a very, very funny guy. The other book is called The World of Star Trek, which was much more about fandom itself. And this was before there was any type of really organized fandom, and it was before TNG, well before TNG. Mm-hmm. And he had some really interesting stories to tell and other people. Um, so the the first thing is that the Trouble with Tribble's book has now been released as a free ebook, which is really cool. So if it's a book that's been out of print for a while. It was really hard to get hold of. You could usually find it on eBay or sometimes in, you know, used book sales. Um, but now it's available as an e-book. And if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to go read it because it's a great fun read really fast. There's some interesting dirt in there. Not... Dirt, dirt, but gossipy sorts of stuff about the actors and about Harlan Ellison and Gene Roddenberry and funny stories about Gene Coon and those folks. Um, and it's it's really interesting now that they've put it out as this PDF file that anybody can get. So I thought that that was um, a really cool thing for them to do. I wonder if the other book is going to be out as well because I'm pretty sure that's out of print. Well, another thing of his you can go look for it, uh, that's out of print. I got my copy used on Amazon, very mm-hmm. very cheap.
1: Is there is a collection of short stories called Alternate Kennedys, oh, right. and he wrote a story in it that I loved. And the the or the premise of this whole book is it's short stories um, about if things had gone differently for the Kennedys, and not necessarily JFK, but any Kennedy. And some of the stories are are very good. Some of them become quite repetitive. But his stands out because it's called Kennedy's Enterprise. And the idea is that instead of going into politics, the Kennedys all went into show business. Mm -hmm. And for third season TOS, they fire William Shatner. You'd think I would hate a story like this, but it's so much fun. And hire JFK Mm -hmm. to be the new captain of the Enterprise. And you can tell (laughs) that David Gerald had bad experiences Mm -hmm. on TNG because his little axe is out, and it's very dishy and very funny. And um, there's a scene at a con Mm -hmm. where Robert Kennedy is assassinated, and I hate
0: to think that. (laughs) was actually laughing very, very hard at this. But it is really it's funny. a funny, funny story. I was glad when you loaned it to me. That was definitely the best story in the whole book. It was. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. So that was good. So that's our little plug for David Joel. Yeah, so go read that book. Um, Next Trek Today item is about a movie. So it's a movie that's supposed to be called Star Date. Two words, Star Date. And it's supposed to be a movie about the origins of Star Trek conventions. So let me read to you what the screenwriter Paul Hernandez says about this movie. Quote, Picture this. In the opening scene it's 1972 and a couple is necking in this car and this guy is very visibly a nerd and you wonder what she's doing with him. He explained to Sci-Fi Wire saying the concept was based on a true story. Back to him talking. Then, he notices the time and says he has to run home because there's a rerun of a Star Trek episode that he missed and he's never saw it, and, well, she breaks up with him. End of quote. Hernandez explained that the character goes on to suggest to his friends that they throw a viewing party to attract women more amenable to watching Star Trek with them. They expect perhaps ten guests, but they end up getting 10,000 people involved and it's the invention of pop culture and results in the first convention. Uh, Though the story may be based in reality, it is not Hernandez's story. Quote, I did go to a few conventions myself as an 11-year-old kid, Hernandez said, but he did not become a Trekkie until the end of the Star Trek II, until the era of Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. So, um, on the one hand, while I applaud anybody who makes a movie about Star Trek fandom, unless they're going to make fun of them, can I just say that this is wrong in so many ways? Well... Yes, please say that, and, and we will list the ways in which okay. we think this sounds bad. So thing number one is um, from the, the beginning of Star Trek, from people who were there at the beginning of Star Trek, the viewership and the fans were really about 50-50 men and women because it was a TV show that was on TV in the prime time. Yep. It wasn't like some secret star, star sorry, some secret science fiction thing that nobody knew about. It was a TV show, and people were attracted to it for various reasons, not the least of which is the attractive male stars who were in it. So for somebody to say the reason that Star Trek conventions needed to be held was that these men wanted to attract women? its Like, I don't even get what that means.
1: Well, and back in that time, I don't think there was this awareness that maybe there was this large segment of the population that was geeks who
0: couldn't get yeah. dates. So that's something that came much lighter. Yeah. But the other thing is the original conventions. The original conventions. Now, this goes back to the David Gerald book that I just mentioned a little while ago, The World of Star Trek. All of the original cons were put on by... Women. And uh, didn't uh, Jacqueline Lichtenberg also write a book about it? And Joan Winston was one of the original It was all women. There were no men involved in organizing this. Because women know how to get things done, damn it. Because we're gatherers. Yeah. I mean, you could men are out hunting
1: for the next Star Trek. There is no next star trek you couldn 't trust you a man need to gather all the con wonderful like things
0: together and you know it's, it's so that really kind of pisses stuff. me off to think you know somebody's going to recast the stories of how those original cons and the cool thing about those cons were that they were totally a labor of love when these women got together, it was because they were friends and they wanted to have a party for their friends not to attract men to date them because they were science fiction geeks as this would have it in reverse. It was because they loved the show. All they wanted to do was get together to talk about how much they loved Star Trek. Wouldn't it be fun if we could maybe sort of get some of the original actors to come. They always lost money on it. They killed themselves putting these things on And it was not a, a for profit thing. No, unlike it creation never entertainment was. and all these other cons that it that never go was. On there now. were no dealer rooms. I mean everything was just done for the love of the show and for the, the one time that you could actually get together with other people who loved the show as much as you do. There were no ulterior motives connected with it. Well, and the other thing,
1: even if you wanted to say, okay, well, this is his take. He's making it up. That's fine. Okay, but he's ripping off Free Enterprise and but, Galaxy yeah. Quest, two wonderful uh, sort of Trek-based movies, and it's like, As you're pointing out, the cons have a great, interesting history that could make a really fun movie and expand this a little. I mean, why go where Free Enterprise and Galaxy Quest have already gone with it? Yeah. It just... I mean, maybe it'll come out and it will be, you know, a lot of fun because, honestly... Um, I don't remember ever hearing anything about Galaxy Quest until it first came out, Mm -hmm. but I bet when I first heard the idea, I probably would have been scared, like, oh, are they really going to fuck this up and it's going to be embarrassing and mean and horrible. So, you know, maybe this person is going to, to surprise us and do something really fun and entertaining. That would be great. And that would be wonderful.
0: We hope to be proven wrong. We hope to be proven wrong. But just from this description. But we would not be greenlighting this project. No, not at all. <laughs> not from this description. All right. So that's another news item. Okay. Another next, movie. N- moving right along. Um, here is from Trek Today, a rumor about the next Star Trek film. Yes, there is going to be another Star Trek film. Rumor. Rumor. This Please let rumor. us be very clear. Rumor. Um. It says... The latest rumor about the potential movie, still in the very early stages of pre-production. Okay, pre-production means they haven't done anything. They've had a meeting. They've had a meeting, maybe. Yeah. Where somebody scribbled some okay. notes on the back so of their Okay, so they're
1: napkin. not as far along in this movie as we are on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're in episode eight. We have product. Okay. They have nothing. So they're they're way back. They're behind us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the rumor is that they're going to film it in Australia. Well, that's interesting. Well, because it's so close to New Zealand where the hobbits are. Yeah, so maybe that's part of it. It's probably cheaper, a lot cheaper to film in Australia. Um, It's cheaper to film almost anywhere than the U.S., but go ahead. So here's another rumor. It said that the movie would be set in the immediate future in 2010, a time when the Earth has almost been destroyed by nuclear war, when our saviors from the future arrive. The storyline, which would span two motion pictures, not one, but two, would involve Spock and possibly other Star Trek characters from shows set further in the future. Uh, See how excited we are?
1: Yeah. um, Okay, let me first point out that that just goes against the grain of Star Trek (laughs) in this whole idea that, gee, here we are. What year is it now, Two thousand five. Okay, so six? No, it's five. Okay, I knew that. Um, so within the next te- 10 years, we're going to almost completely destroy ourselves. That's cheery. And uh, and Spock is going to come save us. So I guess their idea is, gee, we didn't piss enough people off <laughs> by making TOS totally alternate universe with all the other crap. Yeah. So now we're gonna, we're going to go take it even further and say TOS is not even the
0: future of the present, which was what made people love it so much. They felt like this was our future. Oh, really, And you know what else? Remember how we had that whole discussion with New Voyages about time travel being a gimmick? Okay, here it is. Here's the gimmick. And they want to use as many Star Trek characters
1: as yeah. possible. So we're going to get Spock oh. and and Cisco and Archer and, and, and anybody who needs a job
0: really? oh. all
1: together in a space God. pod. You know, too much. Derivative. Too much. And this is interesting. One of the things I read about this, I don't know if it was this article or not, said Spock is a must. I'm going, wow, um... And Nimoy has stated pretty clearly he's retired from acting. Really?
0: <laughs> so, oh, so Maybe anyway. they're going to get
1: a different Spock. Hey. Hey, a different Spock. Maybe they
0: could get that elf from New Voyages. That's true. Or maybe he'll be animated. He'll be a CGI Spock. <gasps> that would be cool. That would be or cool. they could get Orlando Bloom to play him. They could get Orlando Bloom. That would be cool. Yeah.
1: Or they could Because just... he's, he's, he's still got his pointed ears. <laughs> he's got him at home in a little box. I think he does. Do you know Nimoy has a pair of pointed ears? Really? Yeah, in uh, Oh, in my mail, didn't they? In my mail, yeah. They, yeah, and it was great because he's showing it to Bill Shatner and like, these
0: are my pointed ears. <laughs> Bill goes, oh, Leonard. <laughs> like, you are so pathetic. <laughs> Do you think Bill still has one of his, like, Kirk toupees in a little box somewhere in his house? Well, yeah, because he stole <laughs> he one. Did, I know he stole
1: one. He stole one, so it's not like he can ever get rid of it because, you know, he's William Shatner. People are going through his garbage. There will finally That's be this true. evidence.
0: He stole that
1: toupee. He said he never stole that
0: toupee. He stole it. He did. Oh, he totally stole it. He stole it. You know, his daughters are, like, cleaning at the attic. Dad, there's a dead cat up here. (laughs) That's my toupee. Ew. There's a lot of them. Just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. (laughs) They're, like, reproducing up there, you know? It was scary. (laughs) Creepy. (laughs) Why are we talking about William Shatner's toupee? Okay. Because... I don't know. Okay, that was funny. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. That's almost everything except the Walmart thing. No, no, and Patrick Stewart. Oh, Patrick Stewart. That's right. I forgot. Got to talk about this. Patrick Stewart News, another Star Trek captain. Nope, we're not talking about William Shatner now. We're talking about Patrick Stewart. Okay. Uh, this is a news item that was like today or yesterday. Yes, today or yesterday. Um, and it yes, says today. that there is a travel search engine called Sidestep and that they have hired Patrick Stewart as their spokesperson Um, it's a one-shot online endorsement from Stewart, so he's not hired as their long-term spokesperson just for this one little sweepstakes that they're having. So he's just taking a swipe at Bill and moving on. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know what that's about, but I guess they figure they're going to steal some people from Priceline just because they hired Patrick Stewart. I personally have never heard of Sidestep before. Had you heard of Priceline before Shatner? You know, I think I did. Yeah? Only because we do, you know, we travel a lot. At work. I travel too, but you never heard of it before? No. Hmm. I think I knew about
1: it. Maybe not. Of course I was always billing my travel back to clients, so I didn't care how fucking much it cost.
0: <laughs> In fact, the higher price the better. I'd like that high price ticket, please. It says an estimated four point seven million unique visitors flock to sidestep monthly for travel deals. Hmm. That's a lot of people. So
1: this is um this is a new Kirk versus Picard. Yeah. Who do you think's gonna win?
0: Yeah, well, you know, William Shatner himself said it.
1: No one's cooler than Kirk.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so if you want to know about this, I guess you can go to sidestep.com. Is that the address? Let's just verify that. Uh, sidestep.com, and uh, it's a sweepstakes, and the grand prize vacation is uh, grand prize is a vacation for two to Britain. It doesn't say England; it says Britain, so I guess it's not. England You proper. could travel outside of England. Maybe, I guess you so. could go to Wales. Uh, the winner also gets the new Sony PSP handheld gaming device, a stay at London St Martin's Lane Hotel, shopping with fifteen thousand dollars in cash, dining at Nobu, and also meet Stewart for drinks at Asia de Cuba. Oh! Did I say that in the right tone of voice? Yeah. And the losers get a lovely parting gift. I bet. Yeah. I bet. So you can go enter this contest, and you get to meet Patrick Stewart for drinks. Okay. Because he'll be so happy to see you. He will be glad to see you, and tell him
1: about look at his butt, and yeah, and then take a good look at his butt, and report back to us. You know, we we would like to get some uh, personal opinions on yeah, other people's cause... butts, but nothing like Shatner. Yeah. Um. I wanted to back up a minute because there was oh, something yes. I wanted to say. Back when we were on the subject of Lee Crow. Oh yes. And the muds women yes, thing, yes. and this kind of ties in with that Star Trek movie they're coming up with. Is remember we were saying they should they should do reverse gender casting. Oh because yeah. that would that would liven things that up. That would definitely. be interesting, yes. Okay. I got the title for the show. This is the reverse gender casting of Star Trek. Yeah. It's called Star Trek The Next
0: Generation. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's very good. I knew you'd like That's that. That's good. Do you like want to it. send that in to um Brandon and What's Brad? he ever done for me? <laughs> Let him come
1: crawl to my door. Let his people call my people. <laughs> fun
0: cuz you know how my people answer the door Oh, I know. <laughs> Sick of
1: them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have one more news item before y'all get tired of this. And I want you to read the headline. Oh, okay. So this is from C- Because this caused my heart to stop. Yeah. This is cnn.com and the headline says, "No More Love Among the Aisles." And and it's you know an article what? about Walmart. And you
1: know what I thought? I thought they were pulling the Venus Vibrance <sighs> off the market. Because what other love thing are you ever going to get at Walmart? I mean, they can keep their, their slimy greeter.
0: Right, but they don't sell I Rub My Ducky at Walmart. <laughs> or Flexi uh, or Felix. Flexi Felix. The uh, neurotic sex or toy. For the Eye of Sauron. Um, so the reason, <laughs> the whole point of this article was this, I find this impossible to believe that they even did this at Walmart. Like, what the hell are they thinking? I think they'll do anything. So, it was a month-old program that they had here in the U.S. at Walmart, um, encouraging customers on Friday evenings to pick up a red bow that they could place on their shopping carts as an invitation to other singles. Flirt points were set up in various sections of the store. So, like, if you needed to get laid on a Friday night, you, you put just your... red bow and go trolling at Walmart. Uh, put the red bow on your shopping cart. Oh, you my can't God. Just... So, like... What kind of pickings are that? Is that at okay, Walmart? Okay, yeah.
1: Can you imagine? <gasps> you know, oh, I got a new boyfriend. Where'd you meet him? Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> I I got my boy. No, not even met him. I got my boyfriend at Walmart. <sighs> he was on special. You know, his sell boy by date was about to expire, and so uh,
0: I figured, what the hell, take a chance. Couldn't be worse than sour milk. <sighs> imagine what would happen if you were like. Shopping for wrapping paper, and you just happen to put a red bow. In, like, you'd have all these slimy people hitting on you. Yeah, and, you know, hot babes like us, we would be swarmed. Wow. We would Inundated. never even get out of the place Inundated. alive. It would just be awful. Yeah. So, still, you can all rest assured knowing they've stopped it. But they're probably still carrying the Venus Vibrance, so you can find we love. We hope so, and since we need to mention the Venus Vibrance in every show, <laughs> it's becoming our little mascot now. If anybody out there has, has tried it, like, for shaving, I'm kind of curious. Or anything. Or anything, but especially for shaving, I'm kind of curious to know how it works as a razor. Like, yeah. does it shave any different? Well, you know, I I didn't think anything could get scarier than the Epilady. Well, that yanks the hair out of you I know, that. and yeah. I thought that, that was pretty frightening. So, you know, that whole exfoliation with a blade thing kind of makes yeah. me worried. But, you know, if it was a really good razor... Also if
1: <laughs> if any of you ever got a date with a red bow at Walmart, yeah, <laughs> I, would I would really love, love to hear about, about that
0: it. one. Yeah.
1: That would be a lot of fun. So Oh boy, that was a lot of news. That was a lot, a lot of news I'm items. Exhausted. And um so I think we need to take a break. We need to take a break. Get ourselves um some beverages, watch yeah. some T V and and then report back to you. Yeah.
0: not a real commercial. This is just to tell you that you can find us at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com where you can leave us messages, you can leave us suggestions, or you can send us email. This whole podcast was recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network
1: attention all fanfic writers do you suffer from asterisk creep Are your stories overburdened by verbal choreography? Have you worn down your period key, typing meaningful ellipses into speeches? Well, worry no more. You need Sleek Writer 2.0. Don't lay awake nights worrying if you have put in one asterisk too many. No more agonizing over how many times Spock should pause while confessing his love in a choked voice. And Sleek Writer 2.0 will get those characters in and out of the bathroom with all the clean elegance of a well-choreographed fight scene. Sleek Writer 2.0 also contains a spelling checker that includes all those futuristic words such as Starfleet, Turbolift, Phaser, and many, many more. Buy now and we'll send you a trial copy of Angst Away 2.0 absolutely free. No fanfic writer should be without it. Put an end to purple prose and overwrought verbiage. This innovative program automatically balances the hurt against the comfort. You'll also receive Admiral with a capital A, the only capitalization guide you'll ever need. And if you're not completely satisfied, just return Angst Away 2.5 and keep Admiral with a capital A with our compliments. All this is yours for only three monthly payments of 50 Kwatlus. Not available in stores. All major credit chits accepted. Residents of Deneb 4, please add sales tax. Order now. Hailing frequencies are open. <laughs>
0: Oh, and we're
1: back. And because we were just talking about David Gerald and his, his, he's the writer of the Trouble with Tribbles episode, we sat down and watched Trials and Tribulations, the DS9 episode, in which they they sort of merge the DS9 people into that TOS episode. It was not written by David Gerald; it was written by some other people, but it was based on his story, and uh, it thoroughly enjoyable. First of all, they remastered the TOS, so everything is sharp and clear. And, you know, I know the name of our show is Look at His Butt. You'd think I might get tired of saying (laughs) it, or you'd think I would be conscious of saying it, but when he turned around, when he was dressing down the crew for being in a fight, he turned around, it just spontaneously, look at his butt! And that's why we named our show that, because that's what we always say when we're watching Star Trek. You can't help it. Look at his butt! I just
0: can't oh, help it. Oh, oh, oh. It's right there. It's, it's 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 the buddiest butt of them all. It really is. It, it is. is. So it was it was highly enjoyable to see that. And Major basket. These oh. pants. I mean, they're what three sizes too small. Oh, I remember. In a good way. <laughs> I remember years and years ago noticing that when he does that thing where he almost sits on the tribble on the bridge. It's it's like. It's huge. It's yes. just... Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my yes. Goodness. Oh, and that
1: triple would have died happy. Let
0: me tell you. Uh, so I have to say, you know, this was one of those gimmicky time travel episodes, like we were just ranting about mm-hmm. a moment ago. But they used it to good effect here. I thought, and it was it was very lighthearted and. Um, What struck me was um, we
1: we stopped a couple times while we were watching it to talk about this. Was it was so nice to see the DS Nine people so thrilled to be there and go, "Yes, it's Kirk. Let's buy him a drink because it was a fan Mm -hmm. fantasy." And in that way, this was one of the really nice ways this episode trod a very fine line. It was kind of a Mary Sue. It was. Because they knew things that the TOS people didn't know, Mm -hmm. and there was this, you know, wonderful little moment where Cisco handed Kirk the spanking list Mm -hmm. at the end, which, of course, we all would have done, but they didn't make the TOS people look stupid. Like, you know, their nuts were really pulled out of the fire Mm -hmm. by the DS9 people because they were too dumb. It didn't come across that
0: way. Oh, so it was really... Well done. It was and and the good thing that they did and they sort of even explained this at the beginning of the episode, they didn't go back in time to solve a problem that already existed. They went back to fix something that was caused by their present. Right. Going back in time. So it was it was not that they were meant to go back in time to do something that was going to happen inevitably. It wasn't any of that stuff. No. It was to to fix something that a person from the future had had caused. So that was good that they they didn't resort to the trickery of oh well it had to happen that they went back in the past.
1: Yes. And the
0: the other thing I was just
1: really enjoying in the in the very first opening scenes when the two temporal cops show up uh-huh. and are going to interview Cisco, the one was cracking me up so bad I had to just stop the tape so we could talk about this he's just like the library cop on Seinfeld. Oh, totally. If you've seen the episode where the library cop comes to Jerry for a book that's like 30 years overdue, <laughs> This cop is so funny. And so, you know, straight man, dragnet, just mm-hmm. the facts, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And the, the temporal cop scenes are really fun. Those guys are good. Which is good because it's
0: total info dump. Oh, yeah. And so to play it very lighthearted and, and give it this nice twist made it very watchable. Yeah, I like the concept that there has to be the temporal police. because <laughs> I I just... they consider <laughs> Kirk a menace. Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's got Man's the worst smile of anybody.
0: <laughs> it's so funny, but, you know, that, like there have to be special people who make this their career, that yes. they're temporal police. That would right. be a fun job to have. Yeah, well, not for me. No. It gets uh, too confused by time travel. For the temporal police. For, for some other people, sure, maybe. That would be good. And I, I mentioned that my most favorite thing was uh, the inevitable scene where Worf is down there <laughs> in the bar, and they're all looking at these other Klingons going, wait a minute, those are Klingons? And they all three turn to him expectantly, Bashir and um, uh, Odo and the engineer. uh, God, I can't remember his name. O'Brien. It's been so long. And they all look at him like, okay, what's the deal? (laughs) And the first thing he says, it's a long story. Yes.
1: (laughs) Which Which it is because it has been speculated about in fandom.
0: Forever. Forever. And then they press him more and he just says, We don't talk about it without worlders. That's like, oh that's right. it, and you scene, and then the fight happens and you never find out. So I mean I remember when this was first on, I was waiting for that moment because you figured they were gonna have to say something. And they handled it well. And they handled it really well by not saying anything at all. And this is now
1: um the only DS nine episode I've watched in full. And I've now <laughs> seen it twice. And I was thinking, was this the highest rated episode DS nine ever had? Oh, that's
0: a really good because question. Because it drew
1: in the people like me who, who yeah. only watch TOS.
0: That is entirely possible. I have no idea what the ratings were like for that show, whether it was up and down. They did have um, a couple of episodes, I think more than any other show, they did episodes where they did cross it over. And another one that we should watch, if we can find it, was one where they had um, – the three Klingon captains from TOS come back. Oh, I heard for, about that. You're yeah, right. for one last final hurrah. That was a great episode because all of the actors who played the Klingon captains just did an outstanding job of being those same guys. Uh-huh. You know, a 100 years later, basically, you know, sort of these... Craggy old bluff Klingons, but still game for another adventure right. and wharf. Being totally starstruck by working with these guys again, How cool. it, it was great. It was really good. I have
1: a question for you because I know you watched DS
0: Nine. Yes. What
1: was the significance of the whole thing when McCoy came on and Dax said, "I know"? You.
0: Oh, they cut something out. I okay, because it, it, it seemed to me there was something missing. They there. They cut a scene so, so that we could have more commercials yeah, for Spike TV. So unfortunately, this was kind of cut up. And uh, once again, whenever I dig that tape out of whatever crypt it's in in my house, we can. <laughs> figure out what was missing, but so they're on the bridge, and Dax um who is disguised as a beautiful young yeoman, is looking at McCoy and going, "I know him, I know him, so there's a scene later on where she says, "Oh, that's right, I remember so like if you know about the trills, the trills themselves are actually symbiotic creatures that look like little wormy things, and I they love get my wormy yeah, they get put into different host bodies. Um, and they live a very long time, like hundreds of years. Right. So apparently Dax, the, the symbiont was in a female body way back when and met up with McCoy and had some sort of liaison with him back in the TOS era. Really? And that's how she knew him. Was this ever made any uh, reference? No. just they So she
1: was in love with Koloth and she had a thing with McCoy? She knows
0: everybody. I guess it's like a, it's kind of a running joke on the, on oh, the show okay. was See? that All right. Dax has lived so long that as males and as females, Dax has met everyone and knows everyone and has been around at every important event that ever happened. Oh, so she's sort of the uh, Zelig, kind of, of like that. DS yeah, mom. yeah, kind of like that. So, okay. Yeah, so they All cut, right. Thank you for explaining. They that cut for the me. little scene. Oh, what does she say about him? She says something like. Um, Oh, he had a surgeon's hands even then, or something like ah. some really suggestive remark, which was kind of nice. And like maybe
1: she knew him in his
0: younger days. I mean, like well, so so that was it. Like when he was at medical school, right? That's oh, it. okay. When he was—that's right. I remember now. Yeah. Was she his wife? Is that no, no, a, no. Oh, no just a passing see, fancy. Could have had this really fun time loop going there. Just a passing fancy. Wow. But she did it with him. Has there been fanfic about that liaison? <sighs> Probably. I don't know. Oh, I figured you'd know these things. I could look it up. No, that's okay. We could well if we ever find some, we'll let you know about it. Oh, yes. someone somewhere must have written it. Yes. Also, I'm just going to put in a,
1: a a plug for myself. I have written three triple stories. <laughs>
0: that's right. One
1: of them is is not obscene. It's um it's a getting to know you. Remember the getting mm-hmm. to know yous? Mm-hmm. Um, you get these on on the internets, all of you, I'm sure. <laughs> A thing comes around from your friends where you're supposed to fill it out and pass it on. And, uh-huh. you know, what's your favorite color? And, you know, do you like lemonade better than Kool-Aid and things like that? And <laughs> idiotic stuff. But I, I filled it out. And I started out filling it out for Kirk. And it kind of caught on. A bunch of us filled out a whole bunch of them. And I did a Tribble. I did Getting to Know Tribble. But I also wrote two really obscene Tribble stories, um, Kirk Spock Tribble stories. And uh, I know the second one's called Say Nothing of the Tribble. Oh, and the first one is called TMI, Too Much Information. All three of those can be found in the humor section at my, (laughs) my, uh, I was going to say my planet. (laughs) My website. My planet. (laughs) My planet. The planet of misfit sex toys. Uh... That's going to be my next... Next website. But anyway, so if you want some real obscene, <laughs> nasty, nasty things being done with Tribbles and things involving Kirk's butt. you but know, But funny. I'm your gal. But funny. <laughs> but funny. They but are really, but
0: funny. Really funny. Right. So I'm just looking it up on the internet now, and Dax says, I had a feeling he'd become a doctor. He had the hands of a surgeon, she says, while smirking. Okay. So, I'm I'm seeing if there's, like, some fanfic. Even as we speak, I'm trying to look this up on the internet. Oh, boy. Yeah. There it is. There it is? There it is. Oh, totally. oh. Totally. Oh, and look who it's by. Who? Our favorite author of oh. Farfalla. Oh, boy. So, you probably shouldn't read it. No, we probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Go read my Filthy Tribble stories. Yeah. You'll, it's, you'll enjoy those. It's enough to know that, that it's out there. You don't need to read it. Honestly. <laughs> Okay, so that was wrong. Trials and Tribulations. Trials and Tribulations. That was really fun. That was fun to watch. Okay, I think we're going to take another break, and then um, that might be the end of Well, show. I might, think that's the end that's of the, the show. That's the show. Okay, so the break is actually a week. Yes. <laughs> we <laughs> but time flies, as we said at the beginning, <laughs> when you're looking
1: at William Shatner's butt, and you don't even know you're on the air. Oh, really? You're just gone all goo-goo-eyed over his buttness
0: yeah so go um look at stuff at look at his butt blogspot dot com and leave us some comments and um if you have seen trials and tribulations and you'd like to leave a comment about it, let us know what you thought yes, we would love to hear from you yeah.